Phoenix Overlook Pop Culture. And welcome back. Um, it's been a while, and uh, overtime's at an end at my retail job, so I'll have more time for stuff like this. Um, so I'm back in the land of the living. Um, <laughs> I'm still alive. Um, but man, I, I was just exhausted and all of that. But um, uh, a quick update for everybody. Uh, to my right is a new desktop. Um, that I acquired uh, thanks to the generosity of a friend of mine in Holden. He's an uh, old attorney um, who who's done quite well for himself, and he's a digital artist, so he didn't mess around with a lot of that stuff. Uh, the thing was a backup that he system he never really used. So, and he's getting ready to move to Mississippi. So. Um, He's trying to clean his place out. And uh, you have been um, you, you've been trying to get that old system working yourself, haven't you? Yes. Well, uh, before we started the podcast, I'll let everybody know. I went ahead and drug it up. Because I'm not doing anything this evening. I've got free time that I haven't had for like four or five years, so. I've been like I've done some programming and stuff here and there, and then I had this system that uh, an instructor at UCM who was leaving was cleaning out his office and stuff, and he came into the lobby one day when I was working on my software engineering project with my group, and he brought it to us. He's like, "Would you guys want this?" And I looked at it, I was like, "Oh!" <laughs> so I took it. I took it off of his hands. It's got an old. It's really really old. <laughs> it's a compact Armada M700 with a Intel Pentium two in it that runs it. I think this one runs at 400 megahertz, but that's uh, top tier. So I'm not sure if it's that one or if it's a 366. Right now it's installing software. It seems to be running just fine. Uh, I couldn't get it to boot many images because it's so old. It only has 128 megs of RAM um, and a 6.5 gigabyte hard drive. So I'm kind of limited at the moment. Wow. I'm line with it and seeing what I can get it to do. Well, um, my myself, um, the the system to my right apparently has a has has a quad core um, Q eighty three hundred uh, Intel Core two Duo processor, so um, two point five gigahertz, which is actually more powerful than I think it's more powerful than one I have in this desktop that I'm running off of this high definition monitor and uh, you know big widescreen Samsung uh, sync master 226 BW which is amazing um, what's probably going to happen is the 500 gigabyte hard drive is going to go in this tower we're, that we're doing this show through and the video card is going to go into the other tower. Um, both have the same amount of memory because, well, uh, he he did a lot of Photoshop, so he didn't mess around with with hardware at the time. So he made sure his stuff could run Photoshop CS4, which um, is apparently still on that system. <laughs> so, um, but uh, it's probably going to get wiped and... 
for now, it's running Firefox because I'm not going to run Internet Explorer on that thing. <laughs> because I, I fear that any website I try to pop up on it, it's going to cause it to go go crash. So, oh, shut up, sound alarm. You're going to be gone too. <laughs> but um, I tried running Kubuntu 15.04 on it, and I think the Nuvo drivers and and the new Plasma didn't play very nicely with the hardware that it had. So artifacts showed not much in the way of artifacts. It just didn't all render properly. <laughs> I'm right-clicking a menu, and it's showing the outline of the menu and nothing in between. I'm like, oh. That's <laughs> an issue. If it was, you said you were running the Novo drivers? Well, yeah, because it was off the live CD. So I'm like, okay. uh, yeah, not everyone's running open source. The Novo project has always had issues. <laughs> but, so. um, although, but I mean, for the, for the same sake, uh, the proprietary drivers have always had problems on Linux, too. Right. Yeah, I mean, it always depends on the time. <laughs> NVIDIA has just never been so good. And the name has always had some issues here and there, too. Oh, absolutely. Oh, the driver. I had so many issues installing on this desktop over here. Um, yeah, I, if memory serves correct, uh, AMD, yeah, they're, they're uh, catalyst drivers. Uh, with with uh, like a new version of Fedora, somebody who had been maintaining it um, basically gave up. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, my. And so you couldn't even get that to install. And because of you know, the whole, you know, Wayland in the background or Wayland support baked in, um, it didn't, apparently didn't play nicely with Catalyst at all. <laughs> so it was just a mess. Um, I don't know if it's been resolved at this point. Um, I may find out in the future. But um, the reason why I tried Kubuntu, and I'll probably try an older version and then just have the appropriate drivers installed and then try to get the new plasma with the back ports is because, um, um, I kind of, I kind of been reading up a little bit on the conflict, uh, between Jonathan Riddell. He, he, he helped, he was one, he was the original person who was doing work on Kubuntu. He was initially employed by canonical, and then eventually they ended his employment in order to focus their energies on other things. And Blue Systems kind of took over with the commercial support and everything else for Kubuntu. And they're they're the ones behind Netrunner as well, um, the distro as well. So um, and I'm going to try to reduce the volume on this thing a little bit. There we go. I was getting buzzing in my ears, so... <laughs> like this thing has comes in handy for that, but um, the the there were a couple of conflicts. Um, one of them was the whole Ubuntu licensing of trademarks and things like that. And the reason why that popped up was because um, there was a conflict regarding Ubuntu and Linux Mint. Um, at Clem Lefevre, Favre, uh, however you pronounce his last name, 
you know, had gotten an email regarding, you know, licensing issues and, and, um, uh, he pointed out that apparently they couldn't tell the difference between Linux Mint and Linux Mint Debian edition. So go figure (laughs) (laughs) at at the time. So it's, um, you know, the, 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 and, and folks, this is part of the reason why I'm like, mm, I'm not going to bother joining an Ubuntu, uh, a loco or a local Ubuntu community thing because uh, I've, I've, from out, little outside observation online, they've seemed to be problematic to me anyway. It's, you know, the whole my, my way or the highway mentality, which can be harmful. Um, <laughs> but the, the other one was, you know, ha, ha, like, have you ever seen the little download page or the donation thing as you download a copy of Ubuntu before where you can be like, sure, I'll give money. I want so much of this to go towards this, so much of this to go towards that. Um, well, you know, there were questions raised about that. And and I guess he was. there was conversations in private and all of that. And feelings got hurt on probably on both sides. And long story short, they decided to no longer recognize Riddell as as any sort of leader, even though the Kubuntu Council is democratically elected and they never had an official leadership title in the first place. So, which is even more confusing. Um, and. So um, <laughs> he, he he's eventually reaffirmed on the Kubuntu Council. So I I I I don't know. Um, ha- have you ever run into any any issues like that doing group projects for computer science? Because I'm I'm kind of I read it. And I was baffled. I've I've never had hardly any problems with group projects. Um, like for the most part, like all the groups, the part, the groups I've been part of, usually they were some of my friends in classes or something, or somebody I was friendly enough with that we never had any problems. Like the, the, I, I guess the worst problem that we could have had would have been maybe communication, just not having enough of it. But like in terms of actual problems or something being problematic, uh, one guy had a couple of times where he w- couldn't show up because of work, but like over the course of four months, I never had an issue with my biggest project, my software engineering project. And then for my computer, uh, computer organization class, we had a fairly big project, never had any problems with that. And then like just over the course of my school career, I didn't really have too many problems at all either. And I've been on, like I've been at my previous job. We kind of had a team where we had to work. Um, I'm working on a team now at my new job. And everybody there is like really, really willing to help, help you learn and everything. And I learned a lot today specifically. <laughs> I've learned a lot over the last like couple of weeks. Like, okay, I've gone through four years of school learning programming and algorithms and like you name it, anything that a computer science student would learn. And then I come to this job and then it's just like, bam, you get smacked with information. <laughs> I mean, it's just right there. But I mean, it's good. I've loved it. It's so different than what I expected, but it's, I'm, I'm loving it, and I'm just going to continue to love it. <laughs> so. 
Well, and does it help that you're often in the same room as everybody else and you're, you know, talking back and forth and everything else? Well, I mean, we're all on the same floor. Um, And like some of our teammates, like I'm in a little cluster here and then there's another cluster of our teammates over this way, like through a few cubicles. And the cubicles, like a lot of big name companies now, I did some research on this, are going towards a – open type structure, an open floor structure for teams and for uh, office space. So basically you don't have a cubicle. You don't have that privacy. Uh, like th- there could be a guy like two to three feet next to you, but he can see everything that you're doing. Computer monitors open. Like they can, they can see if you're like, if you that minute, just like want to go check Facebook real quick, everybody could judge you right then and there. And then at shelter where I work, like, Complete privacy. You can do whatever you want. You can almost get away with watching porn if you want. But I don't think I'd do that at work. Right. So, um, I mean, theoretically, you could. I mean, I'm pretty sure the monitoring network, too. So you got to be careful with that. So oh, you are blocked. Right. But, I, you know, because I've, I've noticed that, you know, mailing lists are mentioned e- private emails or so-called private emails and things like that. And, and think, and, and the guy was accused of being overly aggressive in his questioning saying, look, you know, you're bringing up good points, but you're being aggressive about it. And I'm asking myself, and, and I've, I've read some, some of the published emails and everything else. And, and one of them, one of them who wished to remain anonymous was like, he he couldn't go through a hangout session regarding this topic without breaking down and crying. And I'm stepping back and I'm thinking to myself, uh, maybe you are the one that needs to step away from the monitor for a little bit. And this is just my opinion. Cause I've noticed that there are times online you're reading an email, right? You don't always know what emotions are actually being conveyed. Yeah. You can feel frustration and you can say, I feel frustrated, but that doesn't, it's not the same. So, um, either way, Kubuntu, I may give it a try after I swap some parts out after all of this. Um, I'm going to be a busy bee tonight, needless to say. Um, but kind of moving right along, you found you found an announcement of an announcement that's upcoming. <laughs> yeah, um, this is... Uh... This is something that a lot of people have been waiting for. Um, and me personally, I'm subject, I'm subjected to this as well. I've been chomping at the bit and I've been just like ranting and raving. I want this so bad. Um, earlier in a previous podcast, we mentioned Thomas and I talked about uh, E3. For those of you that don't know what it is, it's the Electronic Entertainment Expo. And we mentioned uh, Bethesda. Bethesda this year, the first time they're ever going to do it, they've ever done it is uh, they're going to E3 to make an announcement, a press conference. And, okay, so Bethesda's a big company. Those of you that are big gamers, you know this. You're familiar with Skyrim. You're familiar with Elder Scrolls Online. You're familiar with Fallout 3 and New Vegas. Um, So this is a big thing. And then just just today, I found this out when I was at work, like two or three hours after it happened, a friend of mine posted it on my Facebook page, and... I almost pooped myself when I saw it. I was so excited. Um, 
you have to check out the link. But if you go to fallout.bethsoft.com, which is Bethesda's blog for specifically Fallout, right now they have a picture of one of the famous logos that you see in Fallout games. And it says, please stand by. And it's a countdown. Right now it's showing 12 minutes, 52 seconds, or 12 hours, 52 minutes, and 28 seconds. And that's until the announcement. So this is like a teaser teaser of an announcement that's going to happen tomorrow. And it's obviously going to be for a Fallout game. 90% of people on the internet are assuming Fallout 4. I want it to be Fallout 4. I do not want it to be a Fallout Online or a Fallout MMO. I will probably be a little upset, but will I buy it? Mm, probably. <laughs> this is one of those situations where I'm just like screaming, take my money. <laughs> right. Take my money. <laughs> right. And, and um, I, I, I've seen Fallout 3, and I, I kind of like the whole um, cartoon animation kind of thing where they're, you know, where the guy's kind of animated. And you see how injured he is. It's just the whole thing just kind of amused me. There's you so can... much in the series. Uh, there's like all kinds of little jokes here and there. And it's, there's some nitty gritty, dirty stuff in it too. And then it's just like it's a full open open world exploration exploration game, kind of like Grand Theft Auto, but it's for it's in a different universe, it's set in the in an alternate future where uh, basically this giant nuclear apocalypse happens. So it's it's awesome. And I think I remember having conversations uh, with Curtis when, you know, we were still at like UCM and before Anime Club. And he talked about, you know, how one of his favorite, one of the parts he remembered was this girl, woman, whatever, that liked the idea of drinking Nuka Cola so that it would turn her pee neon green or something like that. And it's just, it was just all this weird stuff. And I'm like, <laughs> so it's like that. And, and I've seen people play it and it looks fun, especially when you, when it just does that outtake of a headshot or, or an important oh, yeah. shot. And you're it's like, Oh, best things of the game is the, I forgot what it was called. It's like Carnage Cam or Kill Point Cam or something that's built into it. Basically, if you have kind of like a critical hit or you do more damage than you normally would, it'll actually like, or you hit their arm. You can actually target specific parts of the body with this uh, uh, targeting system. It's called VATS, Vault Assisted Targeting System. And uh, you can target like the arm, the leg. The, you can shoot their legs out and make them hobble to you, slow them down. Uh, you can shoot them in the head, blow their heads off, literally. Or uh, what it will do, there's like different, there's, what is it? I think seven different stats. They're called special. Is that seven letters? I think so. Anyway, it's uh, strength, perception. Uh, let's, let's see. Endurance. Special. Charisma. Intelligence. Uh, what's the A? And then luck. I don't remember what A is. Agility. Okay. And th- those are all these basic attributes that affect things that uh, your actual other abilities, like minor abilities, like guns for small guns, big guns, melee right. weapons, unarmed attacks. So, like if you want to beat somebody to death with your fists, you can do it. <laughs> uh, there's, there's just so many different ways. 
to play the game. There's so many different ways to build a character. It's just it's just like it's just a lot like Skyrim, but it's just it's a different system and there's it's a different take on um, role playing games and it's just so epic. I love it. <laughs> and the series stemmed from uh, the company that originally created it was uh, what are they called? They're not in business anymore, but they created the original Fallout, Fallout Two, and then Tactics. Oh, Interplay, Interplay Interactive, I think. I almost uh, had to yeah. look it up. <laughs> yeah, I bought the original games, and they're like a turn-based strategy game. Uh, one that was came out recently that was kind of modeled after it is called uh, Wasteland, and it was it's on it was released on Steam about I think a year ago. I haven't bought it yet, but I might. It's it's the kind of a throwback to the original style. Curtis, I think, would love this more than me. The, the original, like, strategy-based, the real uh, RTS kind of thing. So so we're, we're waiting for an announcement, like, the next day, and you said about 9 a.m. or something like that, boom, there will be. For us, Central Time, I'm not sure what it would be like for Eastern or uh, any of the other time zones, but it should be 9 a.m. for us tomorrow morning. And then, let's see, tomorrow is the 3rd, if I'm not mistaken. And then on the 14th, the 12th through the 14th, I believe, is when uh, E3 is going to be taking place. And Bethesda's got a big thing going on. So they're probably going to release. It's going to be more teasers about Fallout. Everybody knows it's coming, but we don't know what to expect. Like, is it going to be, like, are they going to redo one of the games? Are they going to do a new game, which most people are hoping. And if, if they do, it's going to be so good. I know it's going to be good. Um, and one thing a lot of people are hoping that they'll do is like do something like they did with Skyrim on steam. You can use the steam workshop and then modders can mod the game and then just put their stuff on steam. And then all you have to do is click one button. You don't have to go in install a separate program to manage your mods or drag and drop and copy and paste and all that other stuff. You just click the button. And then everything else is handled behind the scenes for you if you want to mod your game. Like crazy texture overhauls or whatever. So so, so somebody could create like a Super Mario Brothers 3 themes thing and then boom. Yeah, probably. I think there might be some. I know there's a, a Macho Man Randy Savage mod for Skyrim that changes... Uh, <laughs> Some of the dragons and uh, Randy Savage, I think. Um, and then there's also like a, a fart mod for, <laughs> for the shouts and stuff, like screaming. Because you scream, you bellow out these shouts that'll knock people back because you're the dragon born and you can speak dragon language or whatever. Instead of doing that, it actually changes the person to where they're bending over and actually farting. <laughs> oh. I mean, there's so, there's so many dumb mods, but there's also like some really cool ones that change the textures or put more grass and stuff like that. I got a lot of those installed on this desktop for Skyrim. But all that, and hopefully there'll be hopefully it'll be a new game and. And not just a, oh, are you kidding me? 
hopefully they're not trolling everybody. That would be horrible. <laughs> uh, but but sounds like you've got your your sights set on uh, on getting whatever they're coming out with. Yeah, yeah, I'm really, really, really excited. <laughs> so, um, and and again, I may. I'm still I'm still actually on the fence on whether I want to swap parts out of everything or not or just leave it as is and just work with with everything that I have cuz I don't know other than the processors and such the in terms of capabilities these two systems I have are basically alike anyway uh who knows I do I do want to experiment with Windows 10 at some point, so um, and it does have a Windows 7 Pro sticker on on the tower, so I in theory would be able to uh, get uh, uh, get uh, everything up and running on it. So um, who knows? I try to dual boot it for sure, though. You'll definitely get better performance out of it. Probably. Yeah. Because 500 gigabyte hard drive, and this one has like a one terabyte hard drive. Um, So, and who knows? I'm drinking too many carbonated beverages. I'm starting to belch all over the place. But, but, um, And I, I, I hear that thing working in the background still. Yeah, it's reading a bunch of packages off the CD to install some more software. So I'm 93 and I'm 151. So, speaking of Microsoft, um, I've been noticing how they're they're uh, kind of doing an about face on a, on free and open source software too. Um. Even their IDE code editor, um, Visual Studio Code, is available cross-platform. Um, I was able to run it on Ubuntu. I didn't try doing anything with it. I just was like, oh, there it is. It's running. There's the menus and everything else. You just download it and run the executable. I've got it installed on my work machine. I mean, my work machine is a Windows machine, but... I can install it on the machine I'm on right now, which is my Mac. I could install it. If I had Linux running, I could install it on that. It runs on anything. Well, I wouldn't say anything, but um, it's virtually cross-platform. Um, well, except for, like, some of the BSDs, unless you have... Yeah, like, an issue with it running on BSDs. It has to be Linux, not BSD. Right. So, like, you can you can install it on Debian, uh Ubuntu, uh, Gen 2, uh, I don't know. There's bazillions of them, all different types, running different versions of the Linux kernel. And I think for the BSD issue, part of it is the kernel because it's uh, the BSD kernel is Unix-based, just like the Linux kernel, but it's like a different implementation, so it's slightly different. So it may not work. That might be why it isn't working the same. Right. Um, 
I, I, like I said, I ran it for five seconds. I was like, okay. Cause I, I saw a video presentation of them, uh, running, you know, that sort of stuff on there. Now, even they're, they're contributing to the Linux kernel mainly because of their hyper V and Azure products. Cause I think they're trying to f- find a way to, you know, go beyond the windows world for, you know, money. Because that, I think that gravy train's about to hit the final stop on it. They probably um, have made a good move by doing what they're doing. Um, people aren't going to go away from using Windows. I can tell you that right now. Uh, I personally, I don't mind using Windows. I'm, I'm not a big fan of Windows, but I'm used to it. <laughs> I have my Mac. It's easy to use, but I've also used Linux enough that I can plink away at like any pretty much any Linux system and figure out, even if it's just command line, I can figure it out. I can run it. And, and they're making their products available for Android phones, like um, from Microsoft out from their, they have outlook available as well as uh, office 365 now. Yeah. Most of their office products are available on Android as well as iOS. OS and then the Windows Phone, if you have a Windows Phone, or uh, you can run it in the web browser on virtually any computer that's right. running, that can run the browser. So now they're trying to find other revenue streams in order to stay relevant, and and it's and even even like with Windows Ten, you know they're kind of going the way of Apple. There's not going to be any major major releases from here on out. It's just they're just going to keep maintaining it. Of course, they're going to be doing a subscription based model. Something tells me to where you pay to keep receiving the updates and everything else. That's what I'm afraid of because there's a lot of different software companies doing a similar uh, following a similar uh, path. A lot of like video game developers are doing that, like big big name developers. But that's the main mistake by doing that with other uh, uh, scrolls online. And for most people that are aware, I think I even mentioned on a podcast. I don't remember which one, but they got rid of the subscription. Now you just pay sixty bucks for the game, and you got the game. Um, after you buy the game. And then there's, you know, then there's Adobe try, attempting to do a subscription-based thing with their products, which, to a point, I can see it. I, I wouldn't use their cloud-based stuff, but I, you know, if I were very savvy with Photoshop and what have you, you know, forty, sixty bucks a month versus thousands of dollars all at once sounds pretty appealing. Um, I would definitely use it for something like Dreamweaver. Dreamweaver is one of the best web IDE suites I've used. But, I mean, I granted, I was using it at a school that they got the licenses. Um, and I have a copy somewhere. I don't remember where. I think it might even be installed on this desktop over here. Because, <laughs> like, I, and I, I remember Adobe had this, um, I can't remember what it was called. Before they bought, you know, bought out, um, bought out Shockwave, because I think the Shockwave, right? And it allowed you to make, you know, you could draw 
or you could it was kind of a WYSIWYG thing to where you can design web pages. I'm trying to remember what it was called. And then it was just Dreamweaver after that. Page Maker or something like that. I don't remember. They uh, they now have an open source um, product that I've actually messed around with a lot, and it's pretty good. I just I still prefer Dreamweaver over it. It's called um, Brackets. The Brackets IE it supports tons of languages. Like there's a little drop down selection menu down here at the very bottom of the screen. Click on it, and it's got like anything from HTML, Java, JavaScript, uh, C, C, Haskell, like some of those languages that people never use, or Hero, Fortran, um, just everything. It supports so many, like the list is like this long, it's gigantic. COBOL. Yeah, I think it supports COBOL too. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. COBOL, the language that refuses to die. Well, at my job, I'm actually like uh, some of, one of the systems I have to get on to look at some certain stuff. Uh, they're running a BB2 database on a mainframe, and I have to go in through what's called our green screen access or whatever it is, jump in there and look through some stuff. And uh, they're still using mainframes and running COBOL on mainframes. And I'm running like jobs for like, uh, I think it's for some of the stuff. I don't my goodness. My goodness. So, uh, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> so it refuses to die. Um, you, know, you know, that's... But it sounds like they're modernizing some stuff, too. So I guess that's good. Um, by the way, I did, I did find a monitor for this. I, I gotta I gotta find where I can find I gotta find it an adapter to plug this into. Oh, I was, yeah, yeah but micro USB adapter. Yep. Yeah. Um I I'm trying to trying to think. I can't when you plug this thing in, does it just turn on or what? Yeah. It uh the when you plug it in it just automatically turns on. So um I would recommend plugging in all your peripherals, uh, making sure it's hooked up to a monitor, make sure, making sure that you're – it should have – the card should still have uh, something running. I think it's noobs, <laughs> what they call their noobs software, new out-of-box software that you pick any operating system off of what they officially support but from the Raspberry Pi Foundation. And then you can wipe it and install it. I think I had uh, – what is that, a 16-gig card? Yep. Okay, so yeah, it should have something on there. And then new software only takes up a gig. And it's, it's got all the, uh, the stuff that you need to install on an operating system. And then uh, it's got an Ethernet port so you can have Internet access. And then you can download everything. Because like, I, I bought like an LED TV, which was cheaper than buying a monitor. And... <laughs> And I was able to, they let me match it at 89 as well. So that was even better. So I'm like, and I got to take that out of the box <laughs> and, and basically figure out what I can do with it. Um, and, and I'm thinking about getting their Pi 2 as well. And, and possibly the, if, uh, 
if Adafruit comes up with a case for this. I haven't looked yet. But, um, you know, Windows 10 is even doing the Internet of Things as well on the Pi 2. Although it sounds like you're not going to get a full OS on it or anything like that. It's just... I think it's just command line version of Windows. So you get your command prompt. And that's pretty much it. So so somebody could, in theory, um, compile an interface for it and everything else, and and then Microsoft would get all mad. <laughs> I don't know. Because <laughs> like, there, were, there were alternative shells for, like, Windows for a long time, like Windows 98 on, to where if you didn't want an Explorer as, as your shell, you can install these other alternatives, which were interesting, and I at the time. Um, I'm not sure I was able to get any of them properly work, but then again, I was, I was running an HP old HP pavilion N5310 with a Celeron processor. So that was probably part of the problem, (laughs) but, um, uh, just some, some very interesting things. Um, do you think Microsoft is doing the old embrace extend extinguish or are they re- legitimately changing directions and being more pragmatic at this point? I honestly think it's a little more of the second one because honestly it's in their best interest to branch out from just sticking to what they've done, which they've done a great job with the products that they've had and what they have done. And they do have some pretty good products as much as I hate it sometimes. As much as I would hate to admit it, but um, they really need to branch out, and especially with like on the in the server market, um, you can look this up. I, I don't have actual facts to tell you, but you can look this up. But like, I think like ninety ninety five percent of all the supercomputers or the major servers or data centers or anything like that, like ninety to ninety five percent of them are all running Linux. There's only like on the like top 500 list of supercomputers, there's only one, two, or three of them that are running Windows. And one of them is, I think the super supercomputer. No, the supercomputer I was thinking of in China is actually the Tian. It's fairly popular. It's running version Linux actually. I think like, almost all of them run Linux, and that's because from a performance standpoint, Linux will beat Windows toe to toe any day of the week. Because you, with Windows, you had the kernel was originally optimized for performance and stuff like that, but the Linux kernel has been built from the ground up for performance and security, and it's just above and beyond what Windows has. It's just the way the implementation, the way it's been built, and, and legacy software support in Windows that just drags it down. On top of Windows Arrow slows it down, and then uh, the Windows interface itself is just sluggish. And right, right now it's, um, right now what I'm seeing happening more of is with older software is they're now pointing people towards virtualization as a solution, not because I think they're starting to get away from legacy app support too, because it's, let's face it. It's a, it's kind of a pain. Um, Although I, I would like to see, uh, I would like to see um, React OS make it to the point where uh, 
they are actually able to say run Windows XP based stuff without any problems. And then suddenly Microsoft have Microsoft say, um, yeah, if you want legacy support, yeah, check these guys out. Your apps should run on that. Um, and that sort of thing. Or use, you know, sort of like how AMD is done with um, the, the free and open source driver. Their catalyst doesn't support old, old, old cards after a certain point. And by then, the open driver is caught up anyway. So, so I, I see some pragmatism. I'm still kind of cautiously optimistic because, yeah, you know, initially you 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 know kind of seen like the whole uh, SUSE Microsoft or Novell Microsoft deal, and then and then there was some mistrust about that, and then. And everything else. I think it's after years of kind of questionable tactics, I think it's going to still take a while for people to believe, okay, uh, they're trying to just do what's best for business now instead of trying to extinguish everybody because they no longer have the capability to do it. Um, I don't know. So... At the very least, I can download a Windows 7 ISO, split this hard drive here in two, dual boot it, and then see if, uh, and reserve a copy of 10 just to see what it'll look like. So we'll, I can see what happens with that. But um, I don't, I'm not sure I want to drag this monitor all the way over just to show you what it looks like because it's plugged in. Um, but it is a Samsung monitor and it's it's big and it's plugged in via DVI. So I'm gonna ha- it's gonna be very interesting to see in the coming days. Because the bad part is this webcam's built into this monitor. Actually I should be able to turn it without knocking empty cans off here. (laughs) But here it is. I don't think it's even at its maximum resolution either. Oh, shut up. (laughs) I don't care. I don't. But if I were to do this, I'm going to actually wonder how... Oh, good God. No, I don't want to keep those settings. No, I don't want to keep those settings. Okay, so I guess it's an XP thing. This, um, But this, this thing is pretty big. Big monitor. So um, what I'll likely... I think that's pretty much what I'll probably do is split that drive into two and just keep everything inside and not mess with it and then dust it out later. Um, but that's pretty much, that's pretty much it in a nutshell. And the tower is sitting like down here and everything else below that rolling desk. So, um, anything else you're wanting to bring up today? Cause it, 
Nothing that I can think of. The biggest thing that I wanted to make talk about was just Fallout because I know I'm excited about it and it's coming up and it's a big thing. So, and and I guess, but, <laughs> and by the time by the time that I'm going to try to do my best to get the podcast feed updated in a more timely manner. Just work and sleep and work and more sleep kind of interfered with that. And so I'm like, oh, I feel I I wow. Um but yeah, I I'm tapped out on overtime. I I'm sick of it now. So I'm 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 backing off. And thankfully, I don't have to deal with the with the um with the craziness of inventory tonight since I'm off. So <laughs> uh, uh, so, uh, uh, sorry, suckers. I, I mean, my fellow coworkers, but I need some me time now. Um, <laughs> so, I'm sure I'll find out how everything went tomorrow night. But um, so, so, I guess later in the week tomorrow we'll find out whether it's a new Fallout or. Oh, hey, we're we're giving you add-ons. Just to make everybody mad. I don't think they would take that approach, but I honestly don't know. Well, either way, it's shaping up to be something very, very interesting. So I think I'll end this episode for now. And um, hopefully hopefully next week or the week after, that one book that you brought up, uh, we'll be able to talk about it since you brought it to my attention before you moved um, the book about biocentrism. So um, entertain yourself, educate yourself, empower yourself. I'm Thomas. And I'm Shaggy, Stephen. <laughs> and uh, we'll talk at you next time. <laughs>